spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, it's a bit early for me today as well, but it's (laughs) never too late to always chat to a good writer. Now, kudos to our good mutual friend Steve Smy for this. Steve recommended this lady to me. A while ago, actually, now and true to form with spoken label, it never happened to me, right? So, I'm too disorganized. But we have the amazing Joy Wassel Tims of us today. Now, we were talking, Joy, weren't we? And at I first yeah. met you, and we both forgot this till this done recently as well. That ran about 2013 on yeah. the Best of Manchester Poets, and that was going back a while, volume three. So, yeah. that's yeah. a long time ago. It's we just shows, done it sometimes. We chat to people. You meet them then once or twice. I mean, because of the way the circuit is or seeing is, you don't see people for years then. So, yes, it's really, it's it's amazing, really. Uh, I mean, so it's ten years ago, isn't it? If it was two thirteen, ten years yeah. ago, God, crazy. I, and I had the, you may not remember because I had a hair. I had a hair back then. That's probably why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be why. <laughs> My hair would have been totally. Oh, yeah, probably a different colour, even. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why. So. Anyway, Joy, obviously, tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself, first of all, and with your creativity. I know you said you're originally from 
the Burnage area, not Burnage, but now you live in Stockport, <laughs> don't you? So, so tell us about where are you writing came yeah. from originally? Okay. Um, yeah, well, for ages, um, I lived in Burnage from, well, I don't know, 18 months of which I don't remember anything, but up to nearly 11, I lived in Burnage, mm. near the Acacia School, in fact. Um, um, then my dad wanted to go to Stockport, so uh, we moved to Stockport. So in a way, I consider I'm in exile. <laughs> I've been living in exile for Oh, yeah, long-term long exile now, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so I've lived in Stockport for ages. Um, and, I, yeah, I suppose I've been writing since my teens, really, on and off, you know, like you do. And... Um, Early on, I got something. Uh, I got to know a guy called Harry Chambers who worked at Didsbury College, as it then oh, yeah. was. And he put something in. He put a few poems in um, a book of young people's poetry and in a magazine he ran that was called Phoenix. Oh, yeah. um, and then later on, he went to run a press in Cornwall, but I didn't. We lost touch, you know. Um, so since then, I've, I've, you know, just been sending off poems and had them in quite a lot of magazines and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you look, people look looking your website, they can see plenty of them. Well, obviously, we won't go into all of them. We'll be here for a while, certainly. So, <laughs> but the first part of May talk to you about today was you had two two poetry pamphlets published last year, didn't you? In February. Yeah. By Post yeah. Publications. And what I'm curious about first of all is. What made you want to bring two out at the same time? <laughs> um, I think just the opportunity. Oh, and yeah, that's fair enough. It's the just, opportunity was I'm there. I'm curious. So, I mean, like, they always say yeah, you bring one out every say whatever, and it's, you rarely see someone bring two out in February last year. So it's interesting. Though. No, it's <laughs> true. It's true. Um, I think partly what I was thinking was that one of them had poems that I tend to do or have done at open mics over the years, you know, going back quite a while. So that is the one, the ones in, in shout. Um, however, <laughs> of course, once I got going, um, there are some in shout that might've been in this one. So these, the one mm -hmm. in word hordes tend to be maybe more, I don't know, quote, literary type things. Yeah, you know? yeah. There, are, um, there is a difference in the two collections on the tone straight away. And it's all that. I thought they're both really Yes. Good. Yeah. Yes. So I, th I think that's what I was I was <clears throat> thinking. And so I want to have the cover for Shout White because <clears throat> it's just about, oh, you know, getting out there, <clears throat> getting your voice out there and right. stuff. And, and the word hordes, a friend of mine uh, designed, did a, a watercolour on the front and the back. Um, so that's yeah, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, they've got the yeah, so... collections. Like you can see, we've obviously we certainly, like you said, with the what I get with word hordes. I know this is something else. So, yeah. be like it's that one is much more based on like a lot of paintings, and it's, it feels like you've been inspired, and that, that why. So yeah, there is a difference of it straight away. So so yeah. were both collections generated over quite a bit of time. Then were they, or did they come together fairly quickly when you sorted it? Um... Yeah, I, I I saw it as an opportunity to put some older ones, when I say older, maybe over the last <clears throat> 10 years or something. Um, 
and some more recent ones uh, going up to say certainly up to two yeah two twenty one. Um, what happened? What happened a few years ago was I went on. This is one of these daft things that happens in life. Okay, so I went on mm. this poetry course in North Wales. Oh yes, and um, in a bizarre roundabout way. Um, we ended up getting a small caravan, a small static, a cheap small static, I must add, um, in North Wales as a result of going on this course. Oh, whoa. So some of the ones in Word Hordes are about going up a mountain and it's the mountain near to, to where <clears throat> the caravan is. So spent many a happy hour up there and it's, you know, it's brought lots of, of words, hence the hordes, you know, yeah, sort of Anglo-Saxon link, really, I guess, with the hordes. You know? It is a fantastic collection. Now, I want to ask you, I don't like, mm. when I go into poetry, I don't like off touching on why you wrote certain pieces, but I will I'd be interested in something, I will ask about techniques. Yeah. Certainly, sure. for example, obviously, on word hordes, I particularly mm. loved Letter to a 17th Century Dutch Sailor. Now, I've seen the yeah. painting online on this one, but what I mentioned is, why did you actually, if you people look at the poem, there's line mm. breaks in it to quite interestingly done ways. I'm curious what made you want to structure a poem out like that? Yes, yeah, yes, that's the one in uh, the paintings in the art gallery, yeah. Now, funny enough, we, that was, I'm in a writing group in Manchester called Women's Write, and... Oh, yeah. um, so sometimes we go to the art gallery and this is how this poem came out from going to the art gallery. But I mean, I like, I love art anyway, but um, yeah, the line breaks. <laughs> well, it's, it's very much, it's somebody speaking. Um, and I think, I think I was just trying to reflect a, a speaking voice in it. Um, I mean, the from Tessel, I did look up a bit of information about the, the painting um, and the Tessel, I thought, sort of would be like a modern day Tesco, obviously. Oh, uh, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's how that space makes sense, certainly. Yeah, but th that, that's, you know, that's what it was. Um, but also she wrote, you know, it was a letter. So I, it just seemed important to, in terms of speech, to to do it in that sort of fashion and not to do it in, you know, just the normal sort of straight lines and, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it, can, it does really make sense of that one straight away. I understand it completely. It's just because when I saw that, that's interesting. I had the same interesting thing about the Hansel poem that follows straight after, oddly enough, as well. Hansel, do not go into that cottage. And yeah. I loved, I loved the way you used the italics and that, because I got, I got the warnings behind that straight when I thought that was a really clever piece as well. Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, do you know that came from um, going to? Do you know Goldfrapp, Right. Oh yes. Goldfrapp had oh, an yes. she curated an exhibition at the Lowry a mm. few years ago, and. Um, so I saw I, this must there must have been a, a very big version of it. I've got a, a picture of it in a, in a, a book by Kale Nielsen, mm. as, you know, after I saw the exhibition. And um, so I saw 
I saw this and I was going to write a totally different poem. It's funny. Um, but then it turned into a slightly feministy, <laughs> you know, it could, yeah, it could have gone in shout this one, but. Um, yeah, it certainly is just one the, where... Just the actual picture oh. is just, um, I wanted it to be sort of a scary, but fun at the same time. Yeah, and, they've got. <laughs> It's got and a bit of, of an alternative take, yeah. you know. Yeah. If you knew more wise pieces than Amanda Moore, it's got that sort of edge behind it. There's oh, an edge right, yeah. Yeah. darkness oh, on it. And Amanda's very, very good at putting an edge of darkness in the pieces sometimes. Yeah. It's got that sort of hint behind it. it can make you shiver, I think. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, that's that's sort of... Yeah, she was a scary lady, that witch, you know. <laughs> Completely <laughs> not. Definitely scary. Yeah. And this could have This could have gone in. This could have gone in either collection, and it's a great piece of going. I think it'd been either straight away, so straight away. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it could have gone in the other one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, on shout, obviously, I want to touch on both collections. Obviously, we talked a little bit about it. Mm. One of the pieces that stuck in my mind was, and apart from your pieces, obviously, about there's a lot here going on about history, and like the one that I loved most was um, the one about Peter Lou, because I've had um, a, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I've done. Quite a shouty piece about Peter Loom himself that's been in right colleges now. So, so tell us about then what medium was you write about Peter Loom first of all? Oh right, well, I mean, as I say, I'm a Mancunian in exile, yeah. living in Stockport for a long yeah. time. You know, I love Manchester; it's it's my hometown, um, and you know, I've got obviously I've got <laughs> big work working class roots you know uh, my family my grandma lived in Hume before it was pulled down um, my granddad was out of work in the 30s for years and years so I have you know there's a big identification with with the history of Manchester and especially Peterloo and I think people don't know about it you know good old Mike Lee made the film in what was it 219 yeah um but unless you're Mancunian, you maybe don't know what happened. And I just think it's important to, you know, to write about. Yeah, um, it's something that's got to be broadcast. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. important. People who don't know what Peterloo was, obviously that was big, massive riots. And interesting yes, of where yeah. it happened was just around the corner from where Central Manchester Central Library is. Yes. That's what, yes. That's what really striking about because like it's you go around there nowadays, such a hive of activity. But not yes. that long ago, it was just absolute carnage. Yes, I mean it, it's incredible what what actually happened there. Um, I've I've read some accounts. I, I saw seen stuff. I, I don't know. It was oh, it might be in Bury. There's a museum. I think yeah, there's a museum in Bury, and I I saw some stuff of Patrick Bamford, who was oh, he wrote, um, he wrote perfume, he wrote, didn't he? Yes, perfume, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I saw stuff there, and that sort of also helped to inspire that poem because um, I wanted it to have details of the time you know and it was important to have some accurate details about what what went on especially yeah. quotes from the papers who were very sort of oh, you know <laughs> oh god completely the papers were that were that certainly that way at the time like I've seen clips of it yes, yes, yeah, sure. completely yeah. now is like I said the tone the tone between these two books is very different and um, the other piece I want to ask about from Shout is mm. the really quite experimental piece that followed it straight afterwards, actually. 
England identity crisis 2011. Now, I might get you to read this one out in the second half because it's a very short piece anyway. Yeah, but if people yeah. see the the piece, it's basically the same stanza told three times. Yes, yeah. I'm interested to learn what made you want to do it up this piece because it's, it's interesting. I I got the point behind it, but I want to see why you did it this way. Why I did it this way? Do you mean in the three? <laughs> yeah, in the three stanzas. Yeah, because if people are wondering, yeah. yeah. Originally, it was it was I had it in the one, but I think. It's because you can put an emphasis on all the different parts. You know, you can put the emphasis on the sorry, but essentially the poem's about um, how we love to, uh, A, <clears throat> this is the English, the British, A, apologise. Um, it was written in 2011 when there were the riots and there were riots in Manchester and yeah. the guy I was working with actually couldn't get home from Manchester when it was happening. And um, obviously it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty, it was scary. Um, yeah. I always remember the conditions. Why I remember happened. that well, because I was reasons. working at the, I was working at the co-op in Central Manchester at that point I was. Right. And I, right. and I got diabetes at the day it broke out. So I was laid up for two weeks and oh, so I, I missed all of it. By the time I got back to work a couple of days out, all I'd saw was everything just smashed up around Central Manchester. It was scary times. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, at the time, it was very scary, but it, it, I mean, it would be the sort of thing that the British would do, that they almost would queue to go on a riot. And um, the, it was PlayStation 3. I mean, I could change that. I could, you know, it become PlayStation 6, 7, 8, 9, couldn't it? You know, yeah, yeah, of course, nowadays completely, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 3, because I think... In, when you're reading it, you can put your intonation on either the PlayStation 3 riots or sorry. Or... It's so fun. it was more to play around and have a bit of fun with that. You know. Yeah, it's definitely, so it's definitely a performance piece as well, that one it is. Cause you, it is, it, oh, it is, yeah. But I think it yeah. stands up well on stage as well, on page as well. So that's why I was just curious about that one. So it's an interesting piece. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to ask you next, obviously, to change topics now, because obviously, yeah, sure. you know, you're, at the moment, you're, you're you're doing a lot of work over at Burnage Library, aren't you? We've, we've, we've hinted yeah. out already. So tell us about then what made you want to get involved in Burnage Library, first of all, then, and what's been happening yeah. with it. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so Burnage Library was threatened with closure um, 10 years ago, and... Though I wasn't involved then, as I said previously, I lived in Burnish for more or less the first, you know, 10 years of my life. So I have a big affection for the place. So when I found out a year later that it had been saved from closing um, because they managed to get funding from different sources and so on, uh, I, I started to volunteer there, um, you know, once every two weeks. Then... Because I've always written, I started to think, well, maybe we could do some open mics here. Um, Steve Smythe came to one of the first ones we had. And as a result of that, uh, around 2019, I started to think, well, maybe we could uh, do a sort of residency, writing it, writer in residency thing here. And they were very glad 
to do that. But then unfortunately, husband had uh, needed to have major heart surgery. Um, so it was put on hold, but over the last year, I've got going with it again. When I thought of it, I was still doing some open mics. Then COVID happened, he got ill. Um, so they got suspended, but now I'm, I run a writing group there on a Monday night, once a month. Um, the open mics are basically every two months. That's called Wordsmith. And it's varies. It's either a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but at the moment it's, it's a Wednesday night. Mm. Um, the next one is the 26th, I think, of April. And um, yeah, so there's those two. And I also run a reading group, but that's sort of separate. So I'm hoping to, and I'm hoping to sort of develop things. I've been working with a talk English group. Oh there, yeah, and producing some poems with them, and you know, I hope that through these things that will feed into the open mic. So we get lots of um, different input into the open mic events, not just uh, people that I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, plus course. obviously anybody else who finds out about it. So. On last Saturday, I ran a, a haiku and a drawing workshop. I got oh, an artist brilliant. guy as well brilliant. who did the the uh, drawing bit. So that was really good. And I hope we'll be able to do more of those. Um, so it's a sort of space where new things are happening. And I want to put Burnage on the map because I think Burnage is a place that um, people are oh, Burnage, you know. <laughs> And, oh, you know, there's a lot happening in Burnage. <laughs> so. Completely. No, brilliant. I've definitely done those sort of things. I mean, you like, it's sometimes some areas you think there's not a lot going on, but if you look a bit more carefully, there is. And yes. I, I don't, I've, I've heard that about Burnage before. So, oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah. now, start wrapping up part one of this podcast anyway. Yeah. But what do you, where do you, have you got any, any plans you can reveal what you're going to do next to your creativity? Do you have like another collection in mind, maybe even or? Um, well, yes. I mean, I'm I'm working on I'm working on two things at the moment. Um, I'm working on a collection about the Mersey, actually the River Mersey, because where I live, it's quite close to the Mersey in Stockport, mm. and I I walk along the river bank there, and I'm I'm doing I'm I've got together a number of poems. Um, one in the voice of the river, Ooh, as it yeah. were, and the other in, in, you know, the observer by the river. So there's lots of references to, um, oh, well, <laughs> the river's voice, but also what you get in the Mersey, which is that there's a lot of graffiti, there's a lot of rubbish, there's <laughs> a lot of tin cans, and there's a lot of birds and, and wildlife, you know, and... Um, so, yeah, so that's one. And then the other is because of the links with North Wales. Um, mm. I'm doing ones about the mountain behind the site where we have a caravan and the beach there. The So that's called Westerly Morpher. It will be when it <laughs> when I finished it. So I'm just getting poems in two things at the same time, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, nice. You do like it. I'm always a believer in creativity. Don't just stick to one folder. Why not have two, three, whatever yeah. folders going yeah. to it? 
yeah. It, stop, it stops it getting boring for me, definitely, when I do it. I work that way straight away. So Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Now, can people still 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 buy your two pamphlets, can they? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, they where can... are they best going? Sorry, where? Where well, are they best going to get them? They're probably best going to, if they go, if they log on to Bedford Falls Publications, mm. um, they will see there's another, um, as they go on to that, there's another name in brackets behind it. But if you just click on that and then go, there's a list of the different authors, um, you'll, you'll come to the two of them. And yeah, so you can go there or you can, if you go on to, you can go onto my website, obviously, and I can sort them out, but you know, they, I'd have to sort out the postage and package thing, but I'm sure I can negotiate that with whoever. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, obviously we better tell people obviously also as well, where's your website as well, haven't we? So if people want to find your website. Yes, it's, um, Joy Russell Tim's all one one word. So J O Y W A S E L T I M S dot co dot UK. Um, yeah, and obviously I've got a people can contact me through that. Um, yeah. Perfect. Okay, okay, that's been great stuff. Okay. okay, what will they do? We'll wrap up part one now, and we'll take a quick yeah. break and. When we come back, everyone, in a few minutes' time, Joy's going to do a few pieces for us. So we will see right, you. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Andy. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. Andy and Spoken Label. The amazing Joy Muscle Tims. Straight over to Joy now. She's going to do four poems from us. Over to you, Joy. Okay. Right. So I'm going to read <clears throat> one from Shout, which came out last year and this one is called toe scan t-o-e transesophageal something scan too long to give it the whole title so this was written in 2019 um, my husband was needing to have various scans prior to major heart surgery toe scan for no reason, talking 10 to the dozen, they arrive early. Accompany a grey steel trolley rammed with milk, each carton cobbed with droplets. For no reason, at 8.10 and she's already eaten, she gollops tinned tomatoes, bacon, fat scoops of scrambled egg, a hash brown. For no reason, she traipses too long by the A6, over hard pavements sludged with last year's leaf mould, her cheeks red-cold, chest crackling. For no reason, up and down she trudges, passes cancer relief and betting shops, nail salons, tattoo parlours, British Heart Foundation. For no reason, but not to feel mortal, she buys two boxes of Lindor she doesn't want, a t-shirt, new grey trainers, a valentine card. 
for every reason. In the hotel, hospital cafe, when she hears the procedure has gone okay, she wants to dance, to sing along wildly to Angelique Kidjo's Africa. Great stuff. So that I, was... <laughs> really great stuff. I, I love the use of... I remember when I read that one at the time. It was... Um, I love the use of the repetition in that piece. And I think repetition's a really tricky one to pull off with poetry. And I think you've pulled it off Sterling there straight away with that. Oh, smashing. Yeah, well, it was trying to convey... I mean, there was a lot of anxiety that day, as I'm sure everybody would, would recognise. So, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's what that one was about. No, of course, yeah, straight away. It's that sort of piece where it's got that. I think the word is with a lot of feeling and emotion in it, and it's like, yes. I mean, well, you've held yes. it back because if I've been in that situation, I've been probably worried sick writing it on page, but it carries more power because you held it back really well, really powerfully. Then, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I remember even writing notes at the time. I think in that sense, it was it was sort of quite <laughs> cathartic. Um, as as writing can be amongst every everything else about it. So of course, not um, of course. Okay, on to piece number two. Anyway, we'll be here all day talking otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next one is from Word Hordes. Um, this was the other one that was published last year, and this poem was inspired by um, an exhibition curated by Goldfrapp, the singer. Um, at Salford, not Salford Art Gallery, at the Lowry. And it was a picture of Hansel and Gretel, an illustration from a book that was done about, probably about 1910s, I think, by Kay Nielsen. And it's a sort of mischievous take on Hansel and Gretel story. Hansel, do not go into that cottage, I told him. You can't trust gingerbread houses or witches. Yes, she was swanky, talked of epiphanies, but throbbed with dark thoughts. Only a little way more, she wheedled. It was the wooden crosses did it for me, a nudge wink at the side of the cottage. His hand in mine, we stared, innocent. Twisted trees huddled round, warning us. The sheer perfection finally stopped me. Those white chocolate bricks, too immaculate. The squidgy frosted jellies in the door and the wavy Turkish delight tulips a measured pace apart. I left Hansel then. Don't trust perfection either, I told him. Great stuff again, great stuff again. It's interesting that because I, because I when I'm reading that one back before, obviously before we started chatting today, yeah. I, it came out quite different in my head to the way you read it, read it out actually then, which I think is so right. it's interesting, like it's that sort of piece where I could see all these like colours in the background and like almost like a short film made out of that really. <laughs> music. So it's just really interesting. That was a great piece. Brilliant piece, that one. So Thank okay. 
Now we're onto something as Monty was it Monty Python said. Now for something completely different. Or may, or yes. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Um, it is. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> this um, this piece may or may not have anything to do with anything that may or may not have happened in the last few years in England. Um, but it's about clowns, or is it? Clowns, a cautionary tale. Ladies and gentlemen, though we all know clowns go to parties, clowns now say they don't know what parties are. Furthermore, clowns deny they've ever been to parties, can only say they weren't aware of going to parties or of other parties in their own house. Even though everyone knows that clowns go to parties and perform. Do keep up. Clowns never go to parties. Or parties they don't think are parties. Never go to their own birthday parties and are never given a cake at their own birthday party they never attended. So obviously, Your Honour, ladies and gentlemen, clowns must have doubles, clones who do go to parties on their working birthdays. And we conclude that all the evidence suggests clowns are party going. Clowns indeed do go to parties. Now, obviously, for legal reasons, obviously, we can't reveal what the insinuation could be with that piece. No. No. But, um, but there has been on a different note, I don't know if you heard about this one, where there's meant to be an, um, I reckon, in Russia, apparently, which is not introduced at this point, that I reckon yeah. Putin might have had been, Putin might have been cloned. Oh, God. <laughs> mm, anyway, right. Anyway, yeah. this person you, we could be referring to has been cloned. Oh God! Oh God! What more? What oh no! No! Please not! It's bad enough. One's enough. Please, we can't do it anymore. No. <laughs> anyway, anyway, no, I like yeah. that. I really, I liked in that quote. Yeah. I love the sense of an irony and the sarcasm there. That, but just my cup of tea, that piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite fond of that piece, actually. And if people know <laughs> the news, especially in the, the last moment, week, yeah, it's very topical mm. at the moment. That piece at the moment, yeah, it's very awesome. topical indeed. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> On to, as I always say, spoken label, the big finale. Over to you, Joy. Right. Okay. So this is um, something that's well, probably only written this in the last couple of months. I've only finished it. Um, so I walk quite a lot on a, a beach in North Wales and there are a lot of oyster catchers there. So this is about them. Um, and I think it's also about everyone speaking in their own voice, although it is nominally just about oyster catchers. So it's called Oyster Catcher Learns to Speak. 
I race my shadow to the sea's lips. On greened stones, the jesters trip and scold. Horizon amidst this advent day, full of rush roar, an inkwell of water light. In swells of waves buttered with sun, dwindle and ebb, grey stones ladled as tide flows, infill of my boots tread, oyster catchers weep on stones, veep, tweep, weep, they curtsy and bob, tip and delve, lift as a crowd, fly low over the Irish sea into sun, Light fractures, splits wing fret and twist, a scintillation in black, white, red. I love the use of the colours at the end of that, then that really, really gives it a real powerful end of that one and straight away. So was that planned to the use of the colours or along with that piece when you did it, when you wrote it originally? Um, yeah, and they are, they're very colourful birds as well. Um, you know, those are, they have these red beaks and they're black, you know, this black and white. And so when, when they are flying, if you can see them initially, you see all those colours and they're quite, they're very sort of, they're like jesters. I see they're like jester birds, you know, the old jesters that you got in courts, um, so, yeah, I'm very fond of them. <laughs> yeah, it tells there's a lot of love in that piece straight away. And the, the colours were used, right? Mm. Striking on that, they were. So, but yeah, anyway, I suppose I'm quite into colour. Yeah. Show, it shows <laughs> you were then that there's a massive colour. If you do that sort of thing like that, clearly it wasn't an accident. And it shows, shows you your writing straight away. It's a very, very well used to palette of colours there, definitely. Excellent stuff. Thank anyway, you. guys and girls, well, that's it for a spoken label today for another great session. Thank you today to join us with Tim's. It's been a pleasure. I've actually really enjoyed this today. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as well. Thanks, Andrew. So, hang around anyway, because I do need to chat to you off microphone anyway, just for a couple of minutes. Yeah, sure. oh, it's been great stuff today, as always. So, as Don Callis at Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. And hopefully, we'll see you all next time. Spoken, mate.